Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Part two, as you see my lovely hotel room background here, as I record in Conway, Arkansas. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they might, but I'm in, a, I'm in a lovely Hilton Garden Inn. You see the coffee maker off to my left here. I'm looking into the camera and I'm thinking, the left, right? What, what <laughs> You know, it's like Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. So, I mean, it's, but, you know, here it is. But a awesome guest. We had such a good time in part one of our conversation. Why not have a part two? Let's just and that is going. with, yes, that is with Andrea Sandifer. And you can find her at Sa Andrea Sandifer Music. You can find her Facebook, Instagram. She's going to tell you all the different ways you can find her. But right here, right now. You can find her on the Intentional Courage podcast. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Doing great. Yeah. Really excited to be back for more. In part two, as you guys know, in part two, we dive into the story. And so I want to dive into Andrea's story because a lot of times, and we were talking about songwriting in part one, there are times where people, especially that are creatives or songwriters or authors, they dive in and, and they, they take their inspiration and creativity from, from places they've been, good, bad, and, and indifferent. And so, Andrea, let's take time to really dive into your story. Go as far back as you want to go, and I'll jump in from time to time with a couple questions and things like that. But take me as far back as you want to go and tell me your story. Yeah, cool. Uh, as far back as I want. That's a lot of license there. But... Um, I was born I was, in 19, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. what's your guess? No, I'm just, I won't put you on the spot there. Uh, uh, no, 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 1991. No, no, no. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. No. Um, that was a so, year after I graduated high school. So I look like I graduated high school in 1990. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, those that see the, the video, you can just tell that might not be accurate. But uh, so I haven't always been uh, someone who's pursued uh, songwriting. Uh, it's just not something that I really thought uh, anyone did. Like, I, I don't know where I thought songs came from, but it was just not something I ever really um, thought about doing uh, until it was actually my husband's grandfather 
who was a poet uh one day because i i would sing at church and i i played the piano and um but one day he handed me one of his poems and he said hey hey kid i think that's what he, he said he would always say that it was so endearing uh hey kid i've always wanted this to be a song do you think you could put it to music and i i didn't know what i was doing but i was like i could try so I did. Uh, I sat down with his lyrics or his his poem, and I had to kind of rearrange it a little bit to get it to fit into uh, a song structure. But I didn't really know what I was doing. But ended up writing a melody to it, and he loved it. And that was my first project, uh, and it caught fire. I I loved it. It was really fun to see that come to fruition. To see a song born. Uh, at the hands of my creativity and and to partner with him in that it was really special so um i love to think back to that first song he has now passed away and we miss him so much and uh i'm really thankful to have that i actually have his original memo pad papers with his poem on it uh with all my scribbles um and I'm, I'm glad i still have those it's really special so you know it would be you know it would be neat in in I love that story part of it because, you know, him being a poet, I don't, he, you know, and him saying to you, I'd always like to, I, I, I would always wanted to see this poem turned into song. And, and in a lot of ways, that's what it is. And, and, you know, we talked in the first episode and, and I want to, I want to continue to hear more, but it, it always fascinates me. Like, you hear something said in conversation and, and poets have that idea of, okay, let's take a thought. I see something. Let me write it down. Or maybe someone says something to them like, you know, um, maybe here's what was on my mind. Okay. As I was thinking about what you said that maybe there was somebody that said, you know, it'd be cool. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. You know what else I'd like to do? I'd like to buy the world a Coke and keep it company. Somebody goes, man, I'd make an excellent jingle, you know? Mm. And, and, I, and I'm kind of being silly there for a minute, but, but that, that's kind of how the, the creative mind works in those, those times of there's a song there. And your wife's grandfather or your your husband's grandfather knew that there was something there. Yeah. Did you know that there was something there? Or were you just like, I, I'm trying to honor this man who, who entrusts me with something deeply personal that mm -hmm. maybe he has or hasn't shared with the world. And now he wants me to turn it into a song. What were you feeling? Were you feeling pressure? Were you feeling euphoria? What was that like? I mean, I, that, that would, I, I can't, I'm trying to wrap my mind around how someone might have felt in that moment. Yeah, I felt, I remember feeling very incapable, like that I didn't know what I was doing and that I knew enough about music to know what a nice melody might sound like. Um, and I, I was really thankful for the way it actually came out. Uh, looking back, it's, it's not a bad song. It's probably not my best, but it was a great first. 
And I thank God for that. I thank him that he led me to the melody that he did. And it's this very simple chord. It's just the key of C. And I, I think there was an F and a G and an A minor in there. And that was it. Yeah, uh, pretty, and it pretty basic. Yeah. It was simple. And uh, the fact that he loved it and I got to sing it for him a couple times on this side of heaven and then get through it at his funeral without bawling my eyes out was um was a huge gift uh that i i have that history yeah with that dear man and it uh i think it still floors me that he trusted me with that and he um was so pleased with how it turned out that it still kind of floors me actually. <laughs> so. Well, and, and so that kind of, as I'm hearing you talk about that, did you always, did you always grow up singing? Did you always grow up around music? Mm. Because I started singing when I was three. Nice. My, my dad got me up singing when I was three. I never wanted to put that kind of pressure on my son. Mm. And I told him that I said, I, I just, the reason that I didn't was I wanted you to find it on your own. Yeah. I wanted yeah, you to it's discover it. So what, what about for you? Did you find it on your own or did somebody kind of push you in that direction? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I very musical family. Uh, we started piano lessons in first grade. Uh, all of us kids, we, we just, uh, we were kind of, well, expected yes i'll say that word and it was okay you know we were we were in piano lessons for at least a year or two and um by the way your maiden name was hammersmith yes (laughs) so yeah so let's get that out there you know yeah yeah. so (laughs) you will take piano lessons (laughs) yes do we have to go get the sledgehammer you you told me before we started recording that's what they called your sister your your sister was the sledgehammer yeah yeah she was sledgehammer i was ball peen because i was shorter so it was just kind of this running joke uh she was a volleyball player and she could like she could go up to the net and just completely slam the ball and it was so that's how she inherited the name and did um, she just start pointing at people and go you've been hammered yeah she should have it would have been a good catchphrase (laughs) but yeah it was you know it was it was a it was a great uh education though honestly i'm really really thankful my parents were insistent that we had that musical foundation and piano is a great place to start honestly every time i talk to parents about music education i say you know the piano is never a bad place to start and it's never too late honestly um to start um the piano it's very visual you can see the notes you can you can feel them with your fingers it's it's not as um it's not as i mean yes there's more than one note at a time where if you're playing a woodwind or a brass instrument it's one note at a time and so um it can be a little complicated in that but it's a great foundation and Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise. But if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? 
Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I took at least five solid years of piano lessons, but, <laughs> uh, so my, my sister, my older sister, the non sledgehammer sister, she, um, is a concert pianist to this day. She's very, very talented. Uh, she went through college and played, um, in college and is, you know, still of course to this day performing and, uh, did everything the teachers asked her to she you know she could sight read she wrote the music beautifully and um i play by ear i do too. so yeah. okay so you know how frustrating that can be for a teacher who is not teaching yeah. you that way and so uh at one point my favorite moment in all of my music education was when my very proper classical teacher she got so fed up with me she's like fine if you're gonna go home and just memorize this and then come back and look at your hands the whole lesson, then I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for you before you leave. I'm gonna show you what, what I want it to sound like. And then you can go home and do your process and come back and show me what you did. <laughs> so yeah. like, she just, I feel like she gave up on me, but in a way it gave me freedom to lean into that, uh, the, the way that I did learn. And um, so I, I, after taking lessons, I, I had that good foundation and I'm really thankful for it, but I've played for pleasure. Um, I'd write my own instrumental music, um, just kind of play around on the piano and I'd pick out like, uh, I remember playing the Forrest Gump movie, um, the soundtrack, I'd just like pick it out uh, on the piano and uh, play that for my family and just have fun with it. And um, honestly, I didn't sing a whole lot uh, until high school. Um, my sister and I were driving back and forth uh, from school. We lived in a um, just a small town in Colorado uh, for high school and uh, a lot of drive time to and from. And uh, Shania Twain was on the radio and uh, I was singing along and I remember her sitting there next to me driving. She's like, you know, you're, you're keeping up. And, uh, and she, she said, you know, the tryouts for the school musical are coming up. You should consider trying out. And I'm like, what? I never, uh, yeah. I, what? And so, at her encouragement, I did. And that was my first singing gig was as Bloody Mary for South Pacific. It was really fun. Uh, I was a freshman and got that role. It was a lot of fun. And ever since then, I have just loved to sing for people because it just seemed to make people happy. I seemed to be able to connect with people with my voice. And that was a new dimension of relational connection for me. I'd never experienced the depth of something like that before. Um, and I, you know, have sung ever since in various capacities, but um, not until uh, college was I ever on a worship team. And that was, that was, has been a kind of an interesting, I call it a sanctification journey because uh, I haven't always done it with a, a, a true heart posture of worship is I definitely came into it um, and maybe it was a bit of the leadership I was under, but it was very much a performance 
uh, focus, wanting to do my best, wanting, wanting to sing as beautifully as I could, which is good. That's very natural. But right? I was missing, yeah. yeah, I was missing the heart of being a worship leader. And I feel like I've really grown into that. Uh, my current leadership at the church we attend now, um, man, I'm just so thankful for him. I was noticing that this morning uh, we were on a webinar together and everything he would type into the chat, it was like, you know, out of all the things in the chat, his uh, advice or his input was the wisdom that I would want to write down, you know, like well, if, if I were sitting Andrea, there, like, it's oh. not, yeah, it's not, un forgive me for interrupting. It's not That's unlike okay. doing a job. It's not mm. unlike something that you do all the time because, you know, I, I have gone back and looked at, you know, I'll go back and watch services that we do in our church on the webcast. I'm like, man, I like that that little chord I played there I like that little run I did there and I'll look at myself and I'm like there are times and I'm being very transparent there are times I look like I just didn't want to be there and I probably right. I was probably gotta work on my worship face well yeah that was yeah I was right <laughs> you know yeah and, and you're singing to be when you watch that's a great point that you bring up Performers are always trained to smile. You know, they'll they'll take the microphone and you know they'll they'll be projecting and, and it'll be like, I'm so happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but we've been touring for the last two weeks and I'm ready to go home. Or I'm not or, being authentic. Yeah, or it's a two-hour <laughs> concert and you see on their face. And if you could read their minds, it's probably like I'm hungry. I just want this I'm to be so over tired. with. Yeah, I'm so yeah. tired. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because you hit the nail on the head. Life gets in the way and life happens and things like that. Share with me a time, an obstacle that you overcame, something that, that and I don't want to get super personal. Like if there's something deep and dark that, I, you know, I want to respect you and your, 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 your privacy on some things in your life, but take me through an obstacle that you overcame and the biggest lesson you learned from it. Oh man. You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm just going to trust the Holy spirit on this. Um, so at our, our church that we've been at for now, gosh, over 13 years, um, and before that, I was part of a little church uh, organization. Well, not even an organization, just a tiny church. And because I had a background in worship leading, you enter into a little church, you are like the person. Uh, that's just how little church congregations have to function is, you know, whatever giftedness exists in the church, it has to be used. She can sing, she's so, it. Right, she's yeah. our person. So yeah. uh, welcome, you're you're in charge now. Uh, yeah. So it... Um, that's how I started I playing the organ at church in in our in our church at nineteen. Oh it's my like, goodness! Can you yeah, play? Can yeah. you play the organ? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And dummy me said, "How hard can it be?" You know. Oh dear. You're the organist. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, nineteen year old. I would, yeah. I, I would go back in time and and slap nineteen year old me in the face. You know. Yeah. Like you, you're idiot. Yeah. What are you thinking? But go ahead. I mean, you're you're a hundred percent right when. Yeah. When you, when it's a small congregation, you're the person. You're yeah. oh, she can do it. 
you're it. You know. Tag. Yeah, and I, looking back, you know, because I basically I I encountered a moment where I was putting in a lot of time into serving at this little church, and um, I brought it to the the leadership. Um, that I had an interest in becoming part of the staff, if that could it be a shift that I could make. Um, long story short, they voted against it uh, in a very public uh, member meeting that I was present for, and it was so it just wasn't handled very well. And hindsight, I noticed that that rocked me. Like I felt. Uh, that the people I'd been serving didn't want me anymore that, and I, I didn't have a very strong, solid faith back then. So I'm, yes, that was a hardship and I'm, but I'm really thankful that God had me walk through that and see where I was maybe coming at it from the, for the wrong reasons and what I've learned since then, um, about the heart of service and about trusting his lead and his timing. So at my current church, I've been there for over 13 years and um, have eased into service. So that, that bad experience at the little church nearly stifled my desire to ever lead worship again, uh, which is kind of scary to think that I might not have re-entered into that um, because it is such a joy of my life. Uh, so I'm really thankful that it was a safe place for me to regrow my confidence and to be led well. Um, and I entered in on like a couple little teams here and there and just kind of starting to get my feet wet again. I noticed that it was different though. This time it was I was learning more about God, that the relationships were different, the leadership was different. I was different. I was growing more in my love of God and then hence my love of leading others to worship him. And so I feel like I've really grown in some beautiful ways um, out of that hardship. Something that I can really point to is probably something that I've learned the most, though, in this past probably decade or so. Um, and this is what the Holy Spirit kind of brought to mind initially, uh, but the backstory is kind of helpful. Um, is I had a really dear friend that was, I'm an alto, um, so she was the soprano on the team that I sing uh, with. Um, gosh, I think we sing side by side. Uh, once a month for about eight years. And uh, she passed away suddenly. She was 39, just out of the blue, completely unexpected. Uh, and they never really found out why. Um, that rocked me uh, to lose her. Um, there's just something like as you build relationships and worship, when you are uh, worshiping the Lord side by side, a soprano to an alto, just, and I know you're part of a group, so you know, you, you know what that, those deep connections you build with those people, what that's like. And for her to all of a sudden be gone, it left such a void in my life. And I, I really struggled to worship. 
Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. Uh, in the same way I had before, but we were talking earlier about authenticity in our, our worship. Those months following her death, I still was on the team. I still, and, and my worship pastor was so gracious. He didn't fill her spot for almost a year. Um, he let us grieve her loss well, as you, a team. You know what, what, what you're talking about really a lot of times is it, it's hard when you're sitting there going, I have to keep, I have to keep singing these songs and I have to keep going, but I have no idea, Lord, why you allowed this to happen. Yeah. You know, and you're going, he's worthy to be praised. And inside you're going, but why I'm did dying you, inside. But why did yeah. you take yeah. my friend? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it's it, it is it's an internal, Andrea. It's an internal struggle that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's an internal struggle of, you know, we're happy, we're worshiping, and inside I am struggling. Yeah. You know, it's like if you could see what's really going on inside my head. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I, I can, I can empathize in that moment, right? You know, because you, you, you're trying to lead others in worship, and trying to be positive and try, but your heart's broken. But like, here's the thing: yeah. like, in the process, I learned because I wasn't good about wearing a mask during those months following, uh, and people would see it people could see me struggling they knew uh they she was part of our church family so they knew um my worship pastor knew and there were times where my grief would come across right there in front of everyone and did you think about ever taking some time and just going i i need a couple uh, weeks to just i need a couple weeks here i did i did and i i was given permission to do so uh, what did that do for you taking that time? Because, but I didn't, I didn't take the time. Well, and, 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 yeah. I, and I, I, listen, totally, I totally, the, the reason I'm asking you this, this question for a particular reason, because yeah, I had a similar situation when I lost my mm -hmm. dad, you know, my dad died suddenly and I just kind of powered through it. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not really here, but I got to be here. So let's make the best of it. Right. And, and, and you, P 
people don't understand how, and I don't want to speak for you. I'm just, I'm trying to put myself in the moment, having been in a similar moment. You, you, you just sit there and you go, there are days I'd rather be anywhere but here. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there were days it's like, um, you know, I'll share this real quick with the audience and with you. The first Father's Day after my dad died, mm-hmm. his church that he pastored asked me to come and preach. I did really good until I saw his picture in the corner. Oof, because yeah. last Father's Day, he was here. And I would always, you know, the, the, the three years he pastored, I'd go to my church that morning and then I'd go to his church to be with him on Father's Day. And you talked about looking over to the right or the left, wherever you stood next to your, to your friend, and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And it hits you like a ton of bricks. And it's like, in that moment, all you want to do is like, can I just run out of here and cry for just a minute? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you felt that way, but I have to imagine from what you were saying, I, I, I kind of imagine that, you know, people that are listening are like, yeah, I totally get that. I totally empathize with that. Take me to that moment where you started to heal. Mm-hmm. Where it didn't, where you, when you looked over there, and I don't know if you ever had a moment like this, that you transition from sorrow to joy, where you look over and you smile because it's like, yeah, I miss my friend, but I know where she is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that is the anchor of the soul. Uh, in situations like that, we have to be anchored there. Uh, if we aren't, then grief just takes hold and... um and it was okay to walk that line of grief with my church family um, and for them to see that authenticity uh, that actually impacted a lot of hearts. Uh, and as vulnerable as that felt, uh, that, that was actually, it was a good, it was a good thing. It ended up, God used it for good. And he used it for good in my own heart because honestly, leading worship with my church family is, it's healing for me. It's, it's a huge part of my faith to be able to do that. Um, it, it's an encouragement to me, but I do remember shifting more to a posture of thanks, uh, for the time that I did have with her. Uh, there are certain songs, uh, that she, we would sing together and she would, she would do something special that only she would do if our team was up and singing. And to this day, whenever we do those songs, I can still hear that. Uh, I could, you know, and she's, it's not being sung through the sound system, but I can still hear it in my head. I can still hear her do the little extra riffs or the, the little, the little cadence, how she does that cadence. And, um, I'm really thankful for that. I'm really thankful for that history and that she's still present in my life in that way. Um, I, I can hear get... my dad singing songs to me at times. Right, like I, exactly. Like I pulled in the driveway one day. I pulled in the driveway, and it was like I a song that I heard my dad sing when I was a, a kid or maybe an early teenager. And I was like, I heard him sing it in my head, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is weird. But it's a I, gift. It's a comfort, right? Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. it's a comfort. And I don't know when, when you're doing something very public like that, I think it's hard for people to realize that, that there are times that you just, you need to be comforted as much as you're trying to give comfort. Mm. And 
you know, just, you know, understanding that. Did something change about you? Did did you have something? Did, did it change the way you sang? Did that experience change the way you wrote? How did that experience of losing that dear friend, how did it forever change and impact you going forward? Ugh. Yeah, uh, so many ways. I had never experienced that before. So just the the loss of somebody so close to me um, and in such a sudden way, that there's a trauma to that. Uh, so I've had to navigate that and understand what it was um, that I was struggling with. And um, man, I, I've wrestled with God on a lot of issues surrounding just that, like, is he still good? And I've written some songs about his goodness. Uh, is he sovereign over it all? Yes, he is. Uh, can we trust him? Yes, we can. Like, I, I see this kind of unfolding in my faith, navigating all this um, and how it's come out in my music. And I'm really thankful for that. And I, you know, the songs that I connect with most at art at church, the ones that we lead, there are certain ones I'll start into and I'm like, oh, I love this one. And, and I try to figure out like, what is it about it that I love? And I, it's a lot of the same themes that I've been uh, really drawn to and doing my own writing from our, some of those same themes of lament or just uh, feeling a, a sense of loss or loneliness, but wanting to really be anchored in hope um, of the eternal future. And uh, so like, it's really been amazing to watch God use this loss in my life to bring about not only music, but to strengthen my faith and to, um, that I can comfort others yeah. in their loss and grief, uh, not only maybe through my music, but through one-on-one -on -one cross the table conversations or now I, I get to work at my church. And so they know they can call me right there at the front office and tell me about what's going on. And I can talk with them about it and uh, pray with them right over the phone. Yeah. And, and it's such a good thing. It's yeah. I'm really thankful to be able to do that for others now too. That's so. awesome. Andrea share with me or somebody that's out there that has you know, maybe, maybe they're trying to write a book. Maybe they're trying to write a song. Maybe they're trying to write music. They're trying to do something creative in their own lives, but they just don't know how they just, mm. you know, how do, how do I really tell people how I'm feeling in the midst of this loss? How do I creatively share this, share with this audience as, as we bring this episode to a close, share with me your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. Oh, I love, I love encouraging other creative people. I, or just the heart of creatives. I yeah. get to work with artists in my church family a lot. And the hardest thing I get to do is to encourage them forward, to take an idea or even a desire for an idea and to bring it to fruition. Um, and I, I think the, the thing I find myself encouraging everyone to do most often is to just try uh, to just to kind of get over the, the fear of doing something wrong or it not being perfect or um, just try and to enjoy the process. You know, the, 
the biggest gift of the creative life is the process. Like the, the joy of creating is, uh, some, it's a gift in and of itself. Um, and I think sometimes it depends on the personality maybe, but we can forget that. Like it's yeah. a gift. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I need to write down, uh, some song lyrics tonight. I have a goal. Yes. It's going to feel like trudging through cause I'm, I'm not feeling very creative, but again, if I, if I, you know, just try, who knows, maybe something amazing will come out of it. Um, I sometimes sit down with paints and paintbrushes just kind of for art therapy and I'm a bit of, per, of a perfectionist, so it can be really kind of tedious work, but I still try to sit back every once in a while and just take a beat and enjoy what's happening, enjoy yeah. the process. And, um, do I share everything and anything out with the world? No, yeah. <laughs> I, what I have found is you know, get stuff out there, get, get it, you know, from your head onto the paper or, you know, whatever medium that looks like. Um, and then, you know, trust God with the rest. You know, if you if you write something or do something, create something that you are kind of just coming back to in your mind over and over and over again, find a trusted friend to share yeah. it with and get their feedback. Trusted being the, the key word there. Um, make sure it's somebody who loves you, but doesn't love you so much that they would say anything is awesome. So, um, like your mom probably thinks everything you do is awesome. So maybe find somebody who knows you well, but, uh, wants the best for you as well. Yeah. Um, don't get passive encouragement. Like from, yeah, yeah be like, you know, you're great. You're so yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Hey, you can find Andrea, you can find her her work at andreasandifermusic.com. Mm -hmm. You can find her on Instagram at andreasandifermusic. That's S-A-N-D-E-F-U-R. There it and is. And you can also find her podcast at theophanymedia.com under the yep. Creatively Christian Podcast. Andrea, I am so thankful that we had this conversation. Yeah, this has been so great. appreciative. Yes. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourage Podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.